0: Welcome to the Vichy Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia.
1: So I got to ask, the T-shirt that says "Be Nice," yeah. where does where does this come from, Sarah?
0: Oh, it comes from a couple different places.
1: Uh huh.
0: It's kind of become my family's motto. My grandfather, who was a wonderful, beautiful, godly man, um, he lived in Florida, and we talked a lot and. Uh, And one time I called him, and I'm like, how you doing, Grandpa? And he said, oh, I'm so grumpy. And I was like, why are you grumpy? And he's like, I don't know, I'm just grumpy. And yesterday I yelled at somebody at the store, and he said, I'm going to put a sign on the back of my front door that says, be nice, so that every time I leave, I'm going to remember to be nice to everybody I encounter. And he nice. And so it just kind of became a family motto. And then um, I wrote a song about it a couple of years ago when the election happened, when the presidential election oh. happened. Because everybody was so mean to each other. And I was kind of like, you know, part of what I love about being Catholic is that I can sit in church next to somebody who is completely different politically but we can agree on love and service and coming to the table together. And so just the fact that everybody was being so awful and mean, I'm like, mm, I need to write a song about this. So I just wrote this Be Nice song. And now it's kind of become a little bit of a motto for me. And it's really fun because I've been doing it for about a year now. And a lot of schools are now doing this song.
1: So a lot of teachers oh, nice. have picked okay. it up and are
0: teaching it at school. It's a great well, message, especially for our little, you know, our little kids.
1: Which is what we become during the political season. Yeah. Little kids.
0: Exactly! Oh my gosh, it's horrible. Like I was just embarrassed for people during that whole time, thinking, "How can you be so mean to each other?" It's it's fine to disagree, but yeah, keep your cool, man. I don't know.
1: Well, but. you may be in for a round two because we're hitting another political year.
0: This oh, year, so. I know, I know. So you got
1: to start writing so, now, Sarah. Well,
0: I have to tell you what I did. Okay, so I just finished a new record. Uh huh. And, um, in fact, my weekend here with you guys, this is the first weekend I've had that CD with me. It just, I mean, it just, this is
1: sacrament, right? No, it's, um,
0: it's, and lovely it is.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. And that's
0: the one be nice is on. But, um, but in the making of this record, I decided before I went into the studio, I said, you know, I can't have any negativity because it's a very positive, happy, kind of joyful record. So, I said, I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to listen to the news. I'm going to turn Mm-mm. everything off news-wise in my life. And if something big happened, my husband would tell me and then maybe send me a news article. But other than that, I just did not listen at all. And when I walked through the airports, because, you know, news is always playing at oh, the yeah. airports. So, I just would walk through with my Bose headphones and my music and ignore it. And I did that the whole time I was making the record just to stay in a positive mode. And then when I was finished recording, I was like, I don't miss it. And so Mm. I've given it up since then. I don't know what's happening in the world. but,
2: (laughs) But here's
0: the interesting thing. And I was telling you about this today. I swear that it has made me look at people differently. I have hope for humanity again. I look at people and I don't automatically think, oh, are you a different political than me. and you know, are you different? Are you somehow a bad person? Are you going to kidnap my children? Like I don't, I'm not constantly mm. thinking the worst of people anymore since I stopped watching the news. So that's a really interesting thing that's come out of that for me. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's actually, it's really cool that you say that because I just recently am, I decided to do the same thing. Did you? Um, yeah. I really enjoy just, uh, political talk and um, sort of the things that different leaders are the decisions they're making and I don't know maybe it comes from the side of like my dad is a lawyer so maybe some of that interest mm-hmm. there but i was just starting to feel kind of this negative weight of cuz no one really talks happily about politics ever <laughs> That's um, so true and so and i just thought you know for a little while i'm going to i'm going to turn it all off and i'm not going to i'm 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 only going to feed myself things that are positive and helpful and what i find now is If someone brings up something that's happening in politics, I I immediately, like, clench, ready for whatever it is. Like, I I know I'm going to get hit with something that I don't like. And it does. It causes me anxiety, whatever it is. You know, it's like, ah... Like, I don't, don't even talk to me about it you know um, and I'm still interested obviously as the responsible like it's 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 important to be responsible about right. um, about our country and about the civil leadership but but at the same time like I don't need to feed myself that all the time like you were saying
1: well Thanks. I think this is a good transition into our topic but before we do let's do some introductions for everyone listening so welcome folks another episode of the Vichy Minimum show uh, I'm Austin Fahrenheithold we have Ken white in here hello we also have Christy she's sitting on a chair in the corner want to say hi christy
2: Hello, everyone.
1: And she has got a whole bunch of Sarah Hart swag, (laughs) which is very fitting because our guest today is Sarah Hart. Welcome, Sarah Hart.
0: Oh, Thank you so much. And you look great in your swag, by the way.
1: (laughs) She sports it well. She She does. does. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Put it all over Instagram. We'll make a big splash. Uh, So Sarah was here uh, doing a concert and kind of a pre-Lent retreat for us um, today, which we very much appreciated. And we are are very blessed because her flight leaves at 6, which gave, gave us enough time to schedule a podcast with her. Yes. So if you weren't able to come listen to Sarah, um, you can at least listen to this whenever you feel like it. There's no excuses. So... Yeah. Only
0: you don't get to hear me sing, so...
1: That's true. Sorry about that. <laughs> you can look her
3: up, though, and you should. Yes, please. Um, well, I don't know. It sounds like from, from your witness today that, like, sing-songiness just comes out of you at times. So we might get some of that.
2: <laughs> you might. You might.
1: You never know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Ladies and gents, you heard her sing.
3: <laughs> no, I thought you were so gracious because I came up to you and I was like, so I want to steal you afterwards for a podcast, and you didn't even, like... An eyelash, you're like, let's go, let's do it. And I was like, Absolutely. wow, that's awesome because I'm sure it's tiring, like doing the concerts and stuff. Oh,
0: you know, sometimes, but I mean, it, I, I love it so much. I literally feed off of the love and energy of people hmm. when I do this because you're right, it can be exhausting, but people are so kind and generous and. Loving and they bring you chocolate, you know, so like they buy you Starbucks and you, you, you get good vibes from folks. So it helps you to just kind of keep going and doing what you do.
1: So an introvert, you are not,
0: you know what? It's interesting. I actually am, What? but I learned a new term this year. Uh, One of my friends introduced it to me. She's a counselor. And she said, Sarah, um, you are an ambivert. And I said, like, what's an ambivert? And she said, that's somebody who is really more introverted. Because truth be told, I love doing what I do and what you saw me do today. But if I had my choice, I would sit in a corner with a cup of coffee and write songs all day. Because I like my quiet time. <laughs>
2: sure. She
0: said, so an ambivert is somebody who really is an introvert, but can turn on the extroversion whenever it's needed. Okay. So Interesting. So that's me. Okay. All over. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get um, dive into our topic a little bit. So today is the Sunday before Ash Wednesday that we're recording this.
0: Hallelujah!
1: That's right. <laughs> get it out now, Rick's cool. <laughs> <Who's> excited about <laughs> Lent? So that's what we wanted to talk about. Actually, this will come out on Friday um, is the plan. So people will have gotten their ashes. They will have done their first day of fasting uh, and and abstinence um, and. Our thought was, Ken and I were talking a little bit about this, that we don't always get the happiest and most joyful of vibes when we think of Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is Has that been your experience, too, when you talk about Lent?
0: You know, it's something interesting to me. I, I hope nobody thinks I'm crazy when I say this, but at my house, we have always tried to make Lent fun. Okay. And I know that's interesting, but I think most families or – I think most families can get away with it. You know, you really involve the kids and you really just say, hey, you've got to give something up and you've got to take something up. That's always been us. Mm. So so the kids always give up something and we will sit around the dinner table and everybody will talk and laugh for the longest time about what are you giving up this year? You know, and we'll just think of dumb things like I'm giving up kissing dolphins. You know, this used to be my kids. And (laughs) and then finally we come up on the real thing that they're giving up. But um, also in the taking up, uh, one year, my daughter decided she was going to take up joke telling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> really?
0: So, yeah. So she took up joke telling for Lent. So we got a Lent full of jokes, but um, <laughs> and bad jokes. But anyway. I'll
1: be honest, I would never have considered that. That's very interesting.
0: <laughs> I think that there's a lot, and, and you're right, Lent is a very serious season, and we're reminded of this Ash Wednesday and, and you know... Um, just that from the dust we came, and to the dust we return, and we go through the desert. And I still think, though, that just because we can't say the A word, that the <laughs> A word isn't written in our hearts and living in our spirits. And I was talking to you today about... We are uh, pope john paul the twenty third saying "We are an Easter people, hmm. and Hallelujah is our song, so like we're're we 're we're leaning toward easter that 's what we 're doing we 're on a journey toward easter we 're not necessarily on a journey sitting in the desert we 're on a journey to Easter. So can I tell you a funny story about yeah, Lent? I would love to share this, so <laughs> I have great memories of lent uh, i 've got so many Lenten stories, but one of my favorites is my grandmother she was Such a strong Catholic, Irish Catholic. Um, And every year she would give up cigarette smoking. She was Mm. a chain smoker and she would give up cigarette smoking every year year for 40 days. And she would be grumpy, you know, for like the first 38 days, right? Okay. So then (laughs) she
1: didn't have one of your shirts. No, she did
0: not. She did not. (laughs) She was a lovely person though. And even in her grumpiness, she was still nice. But one of my favorite memories is like every Easter, because my sister and I lived with my grandparents as well as my mom. And we would go for our Easter baskets and my sister and I'd be digging through at six in the morning. And then I'd see my grandma out on the deck because our our living room was right beside the deck. And she'd be out there with like eight cigarettes (laughs) and every single (laughs) finger just... And then she'd see us, and she'd always look at us and just kind of wave the cigarettes and and mouth the words, Jesus is risen. (laughs) So so there's joy to be said. I've got another great Lent story. I'm sorry. I could go on all day about my great Lent stories. But one year, my husband um, said, I'm going to give up cursing. And that's very hard for my husband because he's kind of a handyman and he works with tools. And so there are a lot of opportunities for cursing when you work with tools.
1: Yes, there are. uh,
0: Yeah. So he said he was going to give it up. And I was kind of like, no, you're not. (laughs) It was like, I am. I'm going to work really hard. But that's the only time he ever curses when he's like working on something um, because he gets frustrated with the tools and stuff. So he was upstairs one day working on a project. (laughs) And I heard him hit something really hard, and I knew he had hit his hand. I knew it. I just could tell. <laughs> it's like I heard the crunch of bone or something. <laughs> and, like, instantly I heard him go, God, like, really loud. And then he stopped because he knew he was about to say something very bad, and he, he'd given up cursing, and he just goes, The of <laughs> and then from downstairs Emmy was like four and she's all the way downstairs in the kitchen and I hear her go God bless
2: America.
0: <laughs> it was the greatest moment. See, so I think in Lent, you've got to look for the moments of joy and humor amid that desert sense. You know, there's always joy to be had in Lent.
2: So, yeah.
3: Well, I love I love how human those stories are, <laughs> and like that's like a Lent can be so human, right? That's oh, when yeah. we look at ourselves and we say boy we got a long way to go right <laughs> and that's when we have that opportunity to to give something up and then you have those humorous moments where you're like i don't know why this is so hard for me right
2: I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: why, like this this should be easy it's right it's so <laughs>
0: true it's so true i mean if you've ever like been okay i'm fasting today or whatever and then you're in a business meeting and you just you hear your oh, yeah. stomach and yeah. everybody can hear it <laughs> and you're like Okay, see, so use those moments, like, like rejoice in those moments. Those are hilarious, <laughs> wonderful, joyful moments and and they shouldn't be missed. Like and it kind of bothers me, you know, cuz Christ was a man of joy. And if you mm. look in the gospels over and over and over again, you see the picture of a of a man who was happy and Loved the people around him, and probably told jokes and did funny things. I can't imagine Jesus was a bore right you know yeah, right. and and yet we paint, I think him into this corner during the season of Lent that it's all supposed to be about sackcloth and ashes. Mm-hmm. But, so I love that we're having this conversation about how we can be joyful in this season of
1: Lent. Well, and I love that you talked about uh, giving something up and taking something up. Is that right? So why why does your family choose to do that?
0: I I actually heard um, somebody give a homily about it when I was visiting a parish years ago, and it just struck me. And I came home and told my husband, I think we need to do this. We need to tell the girls— not just to give something up, but to take something up. And part of the reason is because, um, you know, when we give something up, I don't know about you all, but I always think, ugh, I've got to give up wine or I've got to give up chocolate or I've got to give up coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not giving up coffee for Lent. <laughs> okay, But I've, got I've to, tried that.
1: Yeah, don't do it, folks. It's not pretty.
0: <laughs> but, you know, so the, so the concept of giving up, Feels like it's just a sacrifice, and that puts you in the mood of, oh, I don't want to give something yeah. up. When you take something up, however, your your world is opened up to this vast choices of wonderful things you could take up, like joke telling. Mm-hmm. You can take up something that will bring other people joy, mm. that will uh, allow you to share something more than just look at me. I gave up whatever, you know, But actually to put our faith into action and say, I'm taking up praying for you. Like Hmm. for me, this Lent, I'm taking up praying for people that drive me crazy (laughs) 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 because there are a few in everybody's life. And so I decided this Lent, I was just going to keep a little list and keep it by my computer and every day pray really hard for these people in love. And you know, that's what I'm taking up.
3: Wow. Yeah. So. I like that too because I think, um, so for a while I was really into like the minimalist movement, not in the, not in art sense, but in like, you know, how little can you live with
0: oh my gosh, and still yeah.
3: and, and, and thrive. And something that I learned through that period of my life where I was really focused on that was the joy didn't come until I started filling what the gap that was made With good things, right? So like giving up um, a lot of my electronics, giving up, um, you know, the mostly electronics was a big thing, but just giving up stuff that was taking up room um, in my life and in my in my uh, apartment and then like learning that it was the phone calls with people where I was really. Like I wasn't texting because I didn't have a smartphone. I'd given that up. So I had a dumb phone. So I had to call people, <laughs> you know, and, and, and talking to them on the phone purposefully and intentionally, and then filling that time up with uh, more reading, good reading. Uh, so it's, it's sort of like we, we give something up, but not for the sake of the void, right? We give something up to fill it with Jesus.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And so
3: if we're giving up that thing, that's keeping us back from him, then we should take up joke telling because that's filling us with the joy of God, right? right? Like we need to fill hmm. ourselves with like fill that void it's not a void for its own sake mm-hmm. but for a greater love
1: and uh, that's kind of actually what, when you were talking about the news um, at the beginning of the conversation that 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 seems to be a great um, highlight of what you were talking about Ken that you know you gave up uh, for a time you 're writing an album, um, and so you gave up news to get away from the negativity, and then what was it filled with music and joy, and that mm-hmm. kind of permeates you know yeah. and it it sticks with us and I think that 's one of the beautiful things about Easter um, what you were saying, Ken, is that uh, that when we when we kind of fill it with something else, mm-hmm. you know it becomes less about the um, the reunion with that thing, so if I give up chocolate. And then Easter comes. Um, it should be less about my reunion with chocolate and more about what I've found through Lent by mm. filling that emptiness with, right. uh, with Jesus, I think. Um, Love that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what do you think? So the, some of the, the main things that come up in Lent, you know, there's, there's the three big things that we do. Um, we pray, fast, and do almsgiving. Um, what are some joyful ways that you've seen people fast? before
0: boy that's a tough one i don't even know that i could say i've ever seen anybody really truly joyfully fast
2: <laughs> it's
0: it's not easy right no, it's not. um it do you is- think we
1: should be joyful fasting
0: yes if we can the, although i will say that i think the reason it's hard to be joyful fasting it's just a physical thing mm-hmm. you know when we don't eat we get grumpy i i mean there's a reason snickers made a whole commercial about being hangry because <laughs> it's true like it when is. you don't yeah. eat you get grumpy and so trying to i think be be nice to people in the middle of hunger is a really difficult thing but then again maybe if you take something up along with your fasting Maybe you choose something that's more joyful. I need to try that myself this year, you know, maybe. Because mm. I find it very, I'll be honest, I find it very difficult to fast. I'm hungry right now. I'll just <laughs> talk about it as making me hungry.
1: <laughs> I don't think we have anything in the, I was looking around the studio. Do we have snacks for her? We, don't, we, gotta, we, can't, we can't be having a hangry <laughs> podcast here. <laughs> that's right. we got to fill the void, folks.
0: <laughs> My grandmother always used to say, she, when we were fasting, she would always say, this, um... You giving up lunch is nothing compared to what Jesus gave up for you. Mm. And I remember that never making me happy when she said It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, Jesus would want me to eat, right? You know, like, yeah, so. <laughs> so
1: what do you guys think the fruits are of fasting? Huh.
3: I think there's a certain level of clarity, actually. Like, so mm-hmm. I've found I found I also do not like to fast. So mm-hmm. anyone listening, pray for me this Lent. I really, mm-hmm. I, it's a constant prayer of mine lately. Is God help me to learn how to fast mm-hmm. better because I I do I get hangry and yeah. like I don't I, I just grit my teeth through it and I, I want to do it more lovingly and joyfully. But I think when when I have pushed through that period of sort of – there's sort of this period of hangry and then like you feel better without even eating. Like there's just sort of like your body seems to like settle out yeah. and figure it out. And uh, I find clarity comes into play, like mm. spiritual clarity, not not just like mental clarity, but just this idea like, whoa, okay, mm-hmm. whoa, like God is with me and i didn't need to have what i thought i needed to have right like we're trained from a really young age i think especially in in this you know country where we have so much like the three meals a day thing and better eat a good breakfast and the, you know make sure you get each of your you know you get your starches and you get your fruit mm-hmm. and you get your veggies and you get your meat right i mean we li- like in a beautiful way we have that opportunity to form our plate every day a lot of people don't have that you know and so we we follow the food pyramid and we do these things and i think sometimes there's this Sort of um, because of that, when I give up food, it's like the devil plays on that, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You definitely need it. You definitely need it. You definitely need <laughs> yeah. it." Right, and your yeah. body is saying that. Yeah. So you have both so. forces at play there, and it's you know, it's when you can kind of push through with the grace of God, and you start to realize, "Whoa, I really only need Jesus, yeah. and this makes me happy." right
0: <laughs> you know when i fast i i do do the thing of and you kind of touched on it but i do do the thing of thank you god that i have a meal to give up hmm. because in the world so many people don't have a meal to give up they don't have anything you know so so the fact that we have something who we can lay down so easily it really and it is easily yeah. we We can do that. So be thankful for that. Be thankful that we have food that we can Mm. not eat. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and I wonder if that's kind of some of the heart of it, too, is, is the battle itself. You know, we're a part mm-hmm. of the the church militant here on yeah. earth. And it's and there is something really beautiful and fruitful, I find, in just being in the battle. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you know, I think sometimes we consider ourselves a failure just because we have to battle ourselves, Right. you know. But, I, you know, I think a lot of times that the battle's actually a good thing. Like, when you become aware of it, that, you know, I've spent the past uh, 15 or 20 minutes you know, going back and forth, and and walking down to the fridge, opening it up, looking, and then slamming it shut, yeah. and like walking away. <laughs> you know that because well, there's,
0: there's a joy in conquering, right? Yes, there's a yes. joy in feeling like this is a battle I have won. Amen. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. there's a real
1: joy in there. And that. I, and you talked about Jesus being joyful, and I think that comes so clearly through in John chapter sixteen, um, which is what this podcast is named after. Vici mm-hmm. Mundum. Oh, I've yes. conquered the world. When he's yeah. going through his his whole like discourse with the apostles beforehand. And he says, he's kind of telling them some of the bad things that are coming. And he says, but I've told you this so that, you know, be at peace mm-hmm. and take courage because I've conquered the world. Yeah. And you're right. There's so much joy when it is conquered. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that Jesus was so joyful and looking at his people and saying, I've done this for you. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and there's joy, you know, through knowing what we're getting to. Mm. What we're getting to is not a year of Good Friday. What we're getting to is Easter. Yeah. So there should be joy just in that journey, knowing what's at the end of it mm. as well.
1: So how do we celebrate the end of that? How, wh- what do you look forward to the most and Easter
0: in the Easter season yeah, yeah. my Easter basket no, <laughs> no. the chocolate bunnies yeah, chocolate clearly bunnies. yeah actually those Cadbury eggs <laughs> has to be eggs. solid oh, the Cadbury oh, eggs is
1: that where it's at
0: <laughs> I don't know the Reese's oh, eggs dear. are pretty the Reese's good. eggs are <laughs> really <laughs> good <laughs>
1: For anyone, are, anyone listening, since Sarah Hart Cadbury eggs, <laughs> we'll, we'll put her address down in the notes. So. We are
0: hungry, aren't we? Like we're just talking about. You know what I most actually look forward to is the vigil service. Do you I really? love the Easter vigil mm. service, mm. And, uh, and because I'm an itinerant minister, I'm kind of backwards of everybody else. I always say because Easter week and uh, Christmas are my least busy times because mm. nobody hires somebody to come and speak.
1: Oh, On Easter or Christmas, okay. right?
0: So I am always home with my family for Easter and Christmas. And so that Easter vigil service to me is just dynamite. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long it is. It's just beautiful with its, with the smells and the candles and the people coming into the church, you know, like all of it. I, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's my favorite thing. I look forward to it every year.
1: What role do you think uh, the things that you gave up and the fasting plays into that special joy? At the vigil.
0: Well, so you know, I think for all of us, it's it's a bit of hearing Christ's thank you, Hmm. and I know that sounds odd, but um, and I don't know if you ever feel this in what you're doing here. I feel it in my own ministry. I'm always trying to hear the voice of Christ saying thank you for what you're giving up. Hmm. Because truly our giving up isn't just the season of Lent. You know, if we're not laying ourselves down 365, right. we're kind of not doing it right either. So, so there's great joy in, I think, just knowing that we are giving of ourselves, whether it be in the season of Lent or the rest of the time, and trying to listen for the voice of Christ who says to us, thank you. For what you do for me. Thank you for what you do for the church. Thank you for loving them in mm. my name. Um, I, and I think all the joy is born of that. So for us, whatever we give up or take up in Lent, it, right, it all culminates in that Easter vigil service or that Easter service where Christ says, Hey, thank you for holding out with me. Thank you for. Praying in the garden with me, Mm. you know? (laughs) Because really, Easter Mm. is like that for us. It's a long praying in the garden with Christ. Can you tarry with me? And we've tarried for 40 days. And so, Mm. I, I don't know. I like to envision... Christ's gratitude for us. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Oh, and I think that's so beautiful because it because there's so much of that just in in the passion itself and mm-hmm. uh and in those last moments, you know, of Jesus saying I thirst. And then right. to be able mm-hmm. to look out and his uh his crucifixion is, you know, it wasn't a one-time thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 uh relived through the mass. And, mm-hmm. Um and so for him to look out and say I thirst and to see his church looking back at him and saying you know, I want to join you in that yeah. suffering. And I did. You know, I mm-hmm. did through through this whole season of Lent and through this season of preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never thought of it that way to hear Jesus say thank you. Mm-hmm. To me, that's really powerful. Yeah, good. Very, good. very yeah. consoling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that.
0: Well, I think too many people embrace the guilt hmm. of what the passion was. And they don't enough embrace the fact that Jesus didn't—he did it because he was willing to do that for you. Yeah. You're loved. You're not a worthless piece of junk that has to, like, you know, crawl on your knees for the favor of the Lord. You are a person that he loved and willingly hung on that cross for, and willingly yeah. rose from that tomb for. So he's grateful for you as you are for him. Mm. He's grateful for your life, or he wouldn't have made you.
1: And I don't know. So, well, and that's yeah. the relationship I think he most dearly wants with us is a relationship of savior. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when we when we, <laughs> it sounds funny, but when we allow him to be our savior, um, I can I can imagine him saying thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, because how many people are out there that he wants to save? And they're like <clears throat> the bad thief on the cross, saying, yeah. "You know, basically, why don't you save yourself?" Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, but he wants us to be like the good thieves, saying, "Just remember me,
0: remember and, me, and I
1: want you to save me." You know, I don't,
0: I know, I can't
1: do this on my own. I, I, the,
0: I don't know why, but you know, in my travels, I feel like from churches that I go to, the hardest thing for people to understand is that they're loved, hmm. just that they're loved. It's not with proof. It's not with will God will only love me if this or if I don't do this, He will hate me. Just to help people know that that our Lenten season, our Easter season, the Passion, the Resurrection, the fact that He came at Christmas incarnationally—you know—we are just loved, hmm. not for any reason but that. So even if you screw up at Lent, <laughs> and even if your journey isn't joyful, you're loved through it. And God wants you and he wants to be with you and he wants to hold you into his own. And that's what I wish everybody knew. We're we're worthy of God's love. Mm
1: -hmm. You are.
0: You are. You are worthy of God's love.
1: Amen. Yeah.
3: Yeah. and I I Preach it, sister. (laughs) 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 I just love that, too, because maybe I'm just having this reflection as you're talking. Like maybe the beauty of giving something up is so that we experience a little bit. Of what he bore for us, mm-hmm. right? So it comes back to an experience of, wow, if, if it was hard for me to give up the one meal today, mm-hmm. you know, or to eat smaller meals, like, and yet, like, he did so much more because he loves me. Like, okay. if we can kind of bring it back to that realization. Yes. So that we're not disconnecting it from the reality of his love. I think that's. Right. Mm. That can be a really powerful
0: Yeah, and if we don't find a way to connect it, like you say, we're pretty much the guys walking into the temple and throwing all their money and saying, look at me, I'm so great because I'm doing this. Right. Instead of being the widow who says, I'm just going to quietly do my Lenten thing and trust in God and... Try to be happy through this process, you know. Well,
1: well, it's like a like a relationship with a spouse, perhaps. That if if your spouse goes and buys chocolate just to post online, look what I did for my spouse. It's like, oh well, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if they do it and it's it's just intimate and it's between the two of yes. you, I mean, how special is that?
0: And I think that's it. I think that's it. Let's not don our sackcloth, and, our sackcloth and ashes in Lent, but let's be joyful people who are happy to make the sacrifice and happy to walk with the Lord through mm. Lent
1: until Easter. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is great. Well, we just hit the 30-minute mark, so that's perfect.
0: Awesome. Okay, great. <laughs>
2: Nail it. We did.
1: So there's
0: anything so,
1: you have to take out. Yes, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, that's fine. So we we close it. We usually say our patron, our church name, and ask her to pray for us. Is how we normally could, end could could do. You we want maybe to say it, it
3: as a song? Would you say like we do Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and then we say, "Pray for us." Would you?
0: Um, Ooh
1: man, could put her on the like spot again. Wow. wow, you're Can you trying to get it? a song out yeah. of this.
0: Okay, I will. All right, you ready?
2: Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. We will gather at the water, gather at the water. We will gather at the water and receive new
1: light. Thanks again for tuning in. We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at Vichimundum 1633 at gmail.com or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to Vichy Mundum. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you. We look forward
2: to talking with you soon.